This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by Slice on Broadway, supporting Pittsburgh podcasting with the perfect pepperoni pizza. Production services by Sidekick Media Services. And listeners like you supporting us at patreon.com slash awesomecast. It's time to get geeky, get awesome. It is the awesome cast. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we got a fun one planned or not planned or however it goes. You know, it's podcast night and it's just going to get crazier as we go with the other shows. But we have with us a hell of a crew and we are off the road and uh, we got a lot to talk about. Had some very interesting experiences up there in Michigan this past week that we will get in. And first of us, first of all, from uh, Studio C in the Big D of Dormont, PA, is a gadget from Big Bank International, <gasps> Esquire. He is John Chichilla joining us. How you doing, Chilla? Pretty good. How are you doing tonight? All right, all right. Good, good, good. Busy, busy. I, I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped. I tried to take a day off yesterday, and it didn't work too well. Uh, so... Also with us, my uh, uh, travel companion. That sounds... Now, now that just sounds like Doctor Who. That's weird. I don't know. <laughs> I... I uh, avid motorsports photographer now, uh, along with us on the SAE media team and Psychic Media Services and social media guru, the Dutters. Oh, I use guru. I'm so sorry about that. We were just talking about that. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> Social media ninja guru. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, you know what? Also with us is an iPhoneography uh, ninja, if you will, and maybe even a rock star (laughs) of auto uh, is Dave Fodder of the (laughs) iPhoneography podcast. Thanks for having me on. So I do have my, so I'm going to switch on the automotive hat uh, (laughs) when we talk a little bit about cars versus the uh, iPhoneography hat that I normally (laughs) wear. Yes, it is. Yes, I love. Well, listen, Katie and I have been like super SAE branded for like 20 some days now. (laughs) And now I'm just like, no, please. Like I even like both Missy and I I have so many shirts. Missy and I both went to the movies yesterday. See Lightyear wearing SAE shirts from from different competitions. It was sad. It was like we're both wearing blue. We both have salad works on the back of our shirts. What is happening right now? But anyways, but we'll get into that. We have you on for a reason to make sure because I'm like, this car, it's shiny and it does stuff. And Dave's going to be like, well, that's so-and-so and such and such. And that's not even on the market yet. That's how I found out about some of these. I figure if I see a car in front of me at an event, somebody could buy it. And that was not true. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, also with us, we have a special guest with us, David Carpenter. Excuse me. David Carpenter, the CEO of Gameotics. Uh, I hope I said that right. Uh, <laughs> he, he has got yep, some got really cool stuff here that we're going to be talking about here uh, 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 here in the show. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on tonight. I'm excited. Oh, awesome to have you on here. We're going to have a great discussion about what you have working on. I, I, don't, I don't even know what the, uh, the, what's the two-sentence uh, uh, elevator pitch of what we're going to be talking about because I don't know where to start with this. There's so much cool stuff. So I, I'm the CEO of a software company that has built a platform that allows for branching narrative and gamified experiences in the live entertainment space. And uh, we just were in Pittsburgh last month with a show called 20 Side Tavern, so we're going to talk about it. There you go. Oh, that's not the right one. This button here. There it is. Hello. 
<laughs> that was a button for later. Uh, that's where you got me at the D&D, because we've been doing a lot of uh, a live uh, D&D with some of our pro wrestling friends here in the studio uh, as of late. And uh, and I thought I'd be excited. Uh, th- th- I actually, that's how I we decided to get you on, because I sent it to those guys. I'm like, do you find this interesting as I do? Right. And they said, yes, please. And here you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can thank the pro wrestlers for con- confirming that I should book you. <laughs> I mean, we always do. And I think I probably know who you're talking about because we got invited to an MAA event in upstate New York uh, that we can't go to. But yeah. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. They're, they're local Pittsburgh guys, but we'll, 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 I'll make sure you guys are connected after the show. So Actually. anyways, this is The Awesome Cast. You can check out everything at awesomecast.com. Email us at awesomecast.com. Of course, tweet us at awesomecast. And we're on, you can communicate with us at the Facebook group, uh, Reddit, and Discord for The Awesome Cast. And Please subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast players or the Sorgatron Media Master Feed where you'll get us our wrestling shows as well as our mindfulness podcast, uh, Fishing Without Bait. That has actually, we have a really cool uh, interview with the uh, Anxiety Commander who has a YouTube channel um, that we had a really good discussion with last night. Part one of that just dropped today. And that will be uh, three or four parts, it looks like, here in the coming weeks. So uh, stay tuned for that. And, of course, you can join us live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Awesome Cast Facebook, YouTube, uh, the Sorgatron Media Twitch, and even on the Awesome Cast Twitter, we are live. And we do have all the chat rooms up. Let me double check. We almost have all the chat rooms up. <laughs> and we'll be actually have all of them up in a second here. Um, so if you are out there, wherever you want to check out the show, uh, and I know most of you guys are communicating king with us over on the facebook um but of course we do have the twitch and everything up and i know i know we some of our socal friends uh usually pop into the twitch so we do appreciate anybody that wants to be part of the show or correct us live when we misspeak about certain technical aspects and of course uh throw a shout out to our friends at postindustrial.com for sharing the show and our friends that have been getting a lot of extra content at patreon.com slash awesomecast because um this is the only show of the three we have on patreon that we got a special beta for video and you got, um, as I think somebody commented, Dave, I think you did, uh, Katie playing with car butts, as we'll talk about here momentarily. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I threw a little extra video. I wanted to test the feature and to give you guys a little bit more. And I've been um, trying to talk to you guys a little bit more, too. So uh, about things coming up and, and, and some behind the scenes or pictures I'm not sharing on social media from some of the events we're doing, especially since they've been very uh, uh, automotive technology in nature lately with the formula and the auto drive challenge and, and everything that we're doing. Um, or Muddy with Baja, I suppose. But thank you to our, everybody who is supporting the show, our friends uh, uh, at the executive pr- producer level, uh, Brian Crawford, at the coffee club level, Matt Weller, John Carmen, Cynthia Klosky, Scott McTaggart, and Mike Pound, and at the fan of the show level, Michael Fedor, our longest Patreon, by the way, uh, Professor Buzzkill, and, hey, Dave Potter, who's here right now. Thank you for supporting the show and, and contributing as well. <laughs> um, like I said, you guys can support the show too at patreon.com slash awesome cast. All right. Before Katie and I, 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 every time we get into like our awesome thing from a trip, I feel like we're showing like the vacation slideshow. Uh, so I'm going to hold off on that for a second and get through all your guys' awesome things of the week. Dave, I know I dropped this last minute. You, your, your thing is you, like the, your interview is the awesome thing as far as I'm concerned. But if there's any tour or anything you want to share after this, let us know okay um but anyways let's start with uh well since he's here since we're going to be talking cars with us let's get on his other thing Potter. let us know what's happening in the camera world okay so camera plus two or originally camera plus way back in the day oh yes was one of the original alternative camera apps for the iphone 
Um, I, I, the first time I downloaded it, it was on my iPod touch to tell you how old it was before I had an iPhone and they just updated the camera plus two. There's there's had a major update. Uh, A couple things is yeah, the 48 megapixel upscaling. So yeah. So now it's, it's obviously you cannot as much as you want to magic stuff with software, you can, if you have a 12 megapixel camera, you have a 12 megapixel camera. Yeah, that's, and, and, and that's what we, and, and 12 megapixels is what we typically have with an iPhone these days, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. For the last five years, at least going okay. back to at least to the iPhone 10 and the iPhone eight mm-hmm. uh, was uh, 12 megapixels. But what it does, it uses the machine learning so it's already did all the machine learning in the background to increase the resolution in software without making it look clunky and nasty, which you can do if you over sharpen an image. So I did do a little bit of test on this, um, actually in the in my office. And I, I would say because the iPhone camera is so good in general, if you're in a nice, well-lit area, it's hard to notice the difference mm-hmm. just because the camera's good, but you can notice where, like I did a shot down a hallway um, using the built-in camera and camera plus two with the ultra res. And you can read things a lot clearer going down the hallways. The one hallway has like a series of posters going down. And as you're looking down, you can see it's a lot clearer using the camera plus two shot. And at the very end of the hallway, there's one of those exit, lit exit signs, which are hanging from the, you know, top of a lot of uh, offices. Mm-hmm. So, you know, which way's out in case there's a fire. With the built-in camera with the iPhone, now admittedly, this thing's, you know, 30 feet away. It's, you can see there's a sign and there's red, there's red lines. You can't even read the lettering. With the camera plus two, you can actually zoom in on the image and read exit on it. So it, it, to me, it is a nice little touch. And I've actually tried it using, uh, instead of using macro mode, using it as a pseudo macro mode. And it does a really nice job with picking up details. Now, your images are large, so they will be taking up a lot of space. And the other negative is like with the iPhone, you get the live photos, you get the built-in Apple magic processing, which this does not have. So, but as a nice little touch, I like it. If you're an existing user of Camera Plus 2 and you paid for the upgrade mm-hmm. way, way, way back when, you're grandfathered in, which is always a good thing. If you're brand new, however, they move to a subscription model. Okay. Uh, which I understand. You're a developer, you know, you need the money to actually develop, especially if you're a small Firm like Camera Plus Two is, you know, you're not a Google or, you know, Facebook where these apps are just throwaway things just to get eyes. This is all they do. They basically this is their main app. So and, and this, the is, this is this model. This is an app yeah. that uh, I'm sorry. I, I want to clarify. This is an app yeah. that early on, as bef- would, uh, would often get a lot of the features, including I think there was a debate 
or a, uh, a scrutiny over them using what we all do now with the volume button being the clicker for your camera because mm -hmm. they had kind of uh, yeah. uh, access that and maybe they weren't allowed to yet as a software developer. Um, mm -hmm. So these, so if, if you're subscribing to them, throwing them some money, they are the ones pushing things forward as far as your iPhone if you will um mm -hmm. so so the, the worthwhile i remember doing some very very oh, yeah. cool things on these on like i don't know an iphone 3g maybe <laughs> back you know 10 years ago mm -hmm. uh so worthwhile everything's got a subscription but it's nice that they grandfather you and if you did pay for it early on right right and they did do some ui uh updates so there, a lot of the functionality is still there the filters the, mm -hmm. all the extra stuff that was there <clears throat> is still there yes. and the ui is a lot better it, it looks a lot more modern where before it looked like it was originally designed for the four and the 4s mm -hmm. absolutely so it just is a lot better setup now so i i, I do i am i want to clarify because uh, you know you're saying Apple uh, uh, Camera Plus 2. I go to their thing and it says Camera Plus 22, and you then know. I don't see a listing for a Camera Plus 2, but you see the version is 22 if you go down uh, here on the, on the right. uh, App Store. Where it says somewhere there. I think it's like around here or something. Yeah, I just yeah. Saw I, and it, it's... And it, yeah. No, no, you're right. It, it, it says... And, I, and this is a branding issue with them because if you, know, if you go back to their webpage, it says... On top, I think it still it says does, Camera it does. Plus I 2. I have that right there. It says Camera Plus 2 at the top and say, welcome to Camera Plus 22. And this is a post from today. So I'm not screwing this up. I know it, I know this is a recent no. one. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, the thing is, you know what you're looking There's other Camera Pluses out there, too. That's mm -hmm. everything by mm -hmm. different companies. But they have not been updated in four or five years. Right. So, you know, if you go to the, if you, you know, it, like I said, this, this has been around forever and ever. Uh, some of the other modes, like the, uh, it does do shoot, it shoots in regular raw and pro raw, and it has what's called a monuments mode. So that's similar to what Spectre was at one time, where if you're if you want to take a picture, let's say of a building, you take your picture, it takes a series of pictures and it removes anything that moves. Hmm. So if you have a bunch of people kind of milling in front of an area, it will take enough pictures and say, okay. This hasn't moved, this hasn't moved, this hasn't moved, those moved, so they're not part of the building, so we're going to remove them and put everything on top of it. Now, I will say this. That's the one negative. Their HDR setting, is ex in the Clarity Pro, is excessively aggressive. <laughs> I like their other filters. That is just, I really wish they would make that better. I wish you just other uh, other software if you want to do a little HDR clarity work like uh, Polar, uh, Lightroom Mobile, Snapseed, or even the built-in editing, which gives you a lot with the iPhone. But yeah, the, but I just that's just something I would just mm, not see. good at. Let's see what it does on the old iPad Pro here. Uh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is my nose hair shot, but you know, you get the kind of idea. You there got a go. lot of you got a lot of tools to get in on this thing. So, oh no, I don't know what I've just pressed. Oh no! <laughs> uh, by the way, hey, side note: um, I was at a show um, with our good friend Beastman over there in West Virginia, McMechan, uh, for Victory Championship uh, Wrestling, and I would love that they had a TV and they had like a camera. They had a, they had a, they had a TV up. And of the ring, so they could see from back and grill position what was going on, so they can, hey, you know, run-ins and da-da-da-da, you know, whatever's going on. I think I just broke kayfabe, sorry. Uh, but I'm looking at this, and I see the tools up there, and I'm like, I'm like, where's the camera? What's the camera? Because this looks familiar. And it was an iPhone, and it had old Filmic Pro on it. 
with the HDMI out, and that was then they had going to the TV in the back, which is hilarious. And I think I sent the video to some of you. Maybe probably Katie saw it uh, because, but but he didn't plug in the power. And it came up the low battery 10%. So I'm pressing the button on the giant TV, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but <laughs> it was uh, it was kind of a fun because we thought we've talked about Filmic Pro a good bit here. I've used it as an extra camera actually on the D&D sessions, as we'll be talking about. Um, and, uh, you know, as just that extra camera that kind of comes in and, and can come into the, the switcher and everything like that. Uh, it's really nice. It has a clean HDMI feed. It goes along with the camera. Plus, again, just getting a little bit more out of your camera, out of your phone camera kind of situation. Go check that out. Camera Plus. Uh, how much is the subscription there, Dave? Oh, I honestly, I don't know it offhand. Um, I know, I think it's $3.99 for a month, which I would say do that as a test. Oh, I got yeah, it right don't, here. Don't assume I, you're going to do four dollars a month because that's ridiculous. Yeah, I got it right here. So it's a uh, uh, monthly three ninety nine. A yearly is a dollar fifty a month. And then if you want a one time purchase all around, don't have to worry about it again. Probably the stuff like it's got grandfathered is twenty four ninety nine for just a lifetime subscription. It looks like yeah. you do get a seven day free trial. Then seventeen ninety nine a year. That's what that one fifty a month works out okay. to. So go check that out. Camera Plus, Chilla. What do you got for your awesome thing? Mine's a little low tech for this week, but what? After, you're the one that was moving 4K cameras the last like three weeks, so you're allowed, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm taking, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to the brick. Oh, um, we got to show Mad Mike this so over on, on Mayhem Show. Good. Lego Con 2022 took place over the past weekend. There were a lot of reveals. The icon, um, iconic Lion Knight's castle. Star Wars had the ATTE Walker and the um, Galaxy Explorer, but they also announced um, Doctor Strange Sanctum Sanctorium. Um, it's a 2,708 piece, uh, three story recreation of Strange's uh, Roundstone in, in New York. Um, super interesting looking to me um if you've seen it, it it was reminiscent of me of a smaller version of um the daily bugle which mm -hmm. is a really nice build but almost twice as expensive because the doctor strange does come in at 249.99 um <clears throat> but you do get three floors um in the build um the entry floor will be reminiscent of you know the movies um, the second floor is the, I think, the library, and then the third top floor is the Museum of Mystical Collections. Um, there's some cool pieces to the build where there's the um, the sling ring portal type thing in the back. Um, so uh, even on the back of the build, there's some cool stuff in there. They have the the creature from the new the new movie um no spoilers know, no spoilers no spoilers really really nice build it, it, that was in the, the previews so i guess I, it I was and it's going to be on disney plus in like like a couple weeks right so tomorrow anyways. yeah no, is this seriously <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> okay um yeah june 22nd oh, is geez. the streaming disney plus I've lost my um, but <clears throat> if you do click the link where it says available to order here on the Lego site, they do have a couple additional pictures down the left-hand side where you can see kind of the top of the building, um, the the entry-level floor um, with the steps, the libraries in there. It kind of comes apart in sections to, to 
like from what it looks like to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing I will say I do like about the Daily Bugle is it's all accessible from the back. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have some physical switches to let you change kind of what's behind the doors. Um, but a super cool build nonetheless. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to afford getting this one, but it, it does go on sale on August 1st um, at like, I think, 12 midnight. So um, go check it out. Pretty cool build. Uh, I'll be interested to see what it would take to, if you've ever seen Wicked Brick, they make protective cases for your Lego builds <laughs> um, to keep them dust free, but they're easily removable. Um, so you can still play with them. I'm interested to see what their what the price on their case is going to be for this because it's a pretty tall build. Excellent, excellent. So go check that out, Sanctumson. Uh, yeah, Mad Mike's probably going to be looking at that one. Uh, a very because we do a little bit of a, uh, a Lego update, and uh, I can't remember which one he just did. Uh, but I, I think he's doing some some uh, Infinity Saga stuff right now, so I'm sure he's aware. I'm sure he's going to bring it up later on the wrestling show tonight. Honestly, I did. I did just pick up the new Iron Man. There's like an added Hall of Armor piece that I that should be here in the next couple of days. Mm. That's really hard to find right now. There you go. There you go. Awesome. 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 So, uh, Katie, uh, let's go with your awesome thing of the week. Our co-awesome thing that we experienced, I suppose. Yeah, so uh, we were at SAE uh, for the Formula event. This was my first Formula oh, event. No, uh, Michigan, and Michigan, Michigan Speedway. Michigan. M City was Auto Drive. I know it all blends together. Oh, I'm sorry. I did. I I just said Formula. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, um, the um, so we were there, and the competition was between essentially internal combustion engines, and also. Um, electric vehicles mm-hmm. so there are two different sets of, of vehicles and, and we got to see both of them there's weren't as many electric because that is still kind of an emerging technology but um we did so there were there's always vendors there and there's always these events and they're hanging out and um they uh you know tesla was there because they always do a thing and um gmc's always you know gm's there with their things and uh, a few other ones and uh, at the end of the day we had this unique photo opportunity. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you you got to corral a few cars uh, on the winner's circle at NASCAR. Yes. So we had, what, uh, the GMC Hummer, mm-hmm. EV, um, electric Hummer. We had um, two, Riven? Riven? Rivian, I believe it is. Rivian, yeah. Rivian. Sorry. And the... Um, Oh, geez, the L car. I just blanked out on what it was. We had Lucid, and then we Lucid, had... Was it Lucid? Lucid? Yeah, it was Lucid. Lucid. That's Lucid right yeah. there, uh, the uh, kind of tan car there, uh, and Fred and Katie in the shot, if you're with us on video. Um, and we have four Ford cars, including including mm-hmm. the F-150 Lightning. Yeah. And then a retro-looking uh, Ford car that was actually all electric. But yes. it had a very retro look to it, which I got, was super, I, super cool. I got some shots of this. So, yeah, this is like a – oh, damn, I keep getting that couch shot. Um, I, it was a retro uh, electric build, I guess they did. And uh, so – so, and here is a little bit of the engine compartment where you see where they, they've – you know, I'm guessing they kind of took a frame of an old one. I, I don't know, uh, Dave, if you know anything about mm-hmm. this. And they put their Ford uh, I 
Yeah, I, I don't know, but I can imagine basically they basically gutted all the mechanicals mm-hmm. and left the frame there. And then because, you know, the electric motor, you, you know, you always put the, all the batteries are on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the electric motor is a whole lot smaller than a, you know, a gas engine. So that's why there's room in the front of the truck, the frunk, as they call it, <laughs> frunk. Uh, for various, yeah, frunk, F-R-U-N-K, front trunk. Uh, so you, you, where the trunk, where, you know, you can lift up the hood and right there in the front, you can put like your groceries or your golf bags mm-hmm. or whatever you want to put down there. <laughs> yes. It was a F100 for custom. Uh, it says right here. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that, I mean, they were, they were always showing stuff off, uh, hey, and it's the, like this old truck got mm-hmm. like the tablet display, that cross display kind of thing. Um, and then, so they, we just got like a half, like we got like 20 minutes notice on this. It says, we would love to see like the, like the sponsors want to get together, everybody except Tesla. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> and, uh, they wanted to get a picture on the winner's circle at the, of the NASCAR track up there, the speedway. And, uh, of course, Katie had to direct the entire thing. Uh, so you're, I don't know. I think you directed about, oh God, I think you directed almost a million dollars worth of cars on that. Uh, on that. No big deal. If not more. Jeez. Um, it was ridiculous. And the crews were so great to work with. Uh, the, the folks with, with the cars were so excited about it. I think that was the best part was just the sheer excitement they had for us to do this. And just like, they were like, okay, how do you want us lined up? Where do you want us? Like, what do you want to do? And we ended up doing a shot with them on the finish, you know, in the winter circle, uh, just the cars. And then we did it with the folks that were with the cars. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, we, oh, there's a little bit of lineup right there uh, of all the cars and everybody waving. Uh, so, uh, it was great. Uh, so, and this is all like, and this is people from the companies, except for the GMC. It was another guy's personal vehicle. So, um, cause I don't think, I don't think GM themselves, the sponsors that brought in cars to this event for some reason, but Ford is always really big. Ford actually sponsors the endurance event at the end of the weekend, uh, with the formula cars. Uh, they're always real, real big at this event. Um, just like how GM was really big at the auto drive event last week that we talked about, uh, uh, Tesla's having a bigger and bigger, um, presence here, uh, because because they, this is the electric event that that they're that they're working on, um, and and while like, this was really great that they got everybody together, and here's a nice wide shot of all the cars out there, and that's the finish line behind them and everything. And Katie got to climb in that little uh, uh, that little uh, 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 box there to do a panorama the day before with all the students. Uh, so <laughs> um, it was real real cool. Um, but but even Tesla, um, they really kind of came out. Tesla brought a house. <laughs> they were good of course they pretty much just had all their products including the power bank stuff was on the side of this thing um and uh they they really they brought a little bit of everything the uh the uh tesla semi was there for the first time the cyber truck of course returned uh and then of course they had a big lineup of the tesla and i feel like i'm seeing i don't know it's just because i've seen tesla so much lately it, 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 you know up in michigan and here in pittsburgh i feel like i'm seeing a tesla like at least once a day um, if I, if I venture out of the neighborhood at this point, um, they're definitely kind of getting out there, you know, and, 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 you know, more identifiable than other 
electric cars. Um, it was really, it was really interesting because they, they, they came in and, and they had, they made a big show of them coming into the grounds and they were throwing, uh, 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 ice cream bars out, out to the, uh, you know, the, the, the college students, which, you know, if you got free food, you, you, you got them. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, it was pretty wild to see. Um, but, uh, and also just seeing the semi with like an escort of Tesla's coming around the garage on the, in the infield of the, uh, speedway was very interesting too. And we'll see if I can grab that video. I think that is, nope, that's a Cybertruck video. Um, I'll see if I can pull that up here in a second, but, um, Kate, uh, Katie, this is your first time doing the, it's the last of the events that you did this season. Um, you know, what was your kind of impression there of the formula event? It, it, it's, it's, it's definitely the most massive, right? Oh yeah, it's huge. Like I did comparatively to other ones, especially I was like, wow, this is huge. And um, getting to see them run on the endurance track and um, getting to uh, work with what I was calling the silent killers. (laughs) (laughs) They were so sneaky. Well, we didn't didn't even tell them the best part. We were waiting for these electric cars to line up uh, for that uh, shot and the winner's circle. And we're looking around for them and they're like, where are they? And we just happen to turn around and they just like were right up on us because they were so quiet. Yeah. Even yeah. Them. There was a good like like five five of the cars like came up the pit uh, uh, lane and just just arrived. And we're like, oh, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, oh, there's more of you. Oh, oh, no. What? You know? Yeah, that's uh, you know. And then and then on top of when you do the electric formula, uh, how many times we were in acceleration because they're mixed in with the uh, the IC vehicles. Um, we weren't ready for them because we didn't hear them revving <laughs> to take off. So we weren't ready to turn around and get the shot on acceleration, especially. Or And I know you got to get out there when the, the last eight cars for EV were out doing endurance, which they usually do about four at a time or five at a time sometimes on a track over on the, uh, the far stretch. Um, what was that experience like? Oh, that was super cool to see them zip through. And um, it's much more dramatic. The sounds are much more dramatic with mm-hmm, those. Mm-hmm um like the when you're they're taking a turn quick and things it's it's much and, and it might be because the engines are so quiet it's you notice every single like squeal and just kind of short stop and when things fall off the vehicle it makes much more of a noise than if they fall off the uh in, in, uh, combustion engine ones so and then and, cool. and, and then for everybody else that's a bigger nascar fa- nascar fan than i think most of us here uh here's the obligatory katie just being so ch- uh being joe cool over on the uh in the middle of the nascar track on the back of the golf cart while we're waiting for cars to go by after <laughs> my beef jerky on the nascar track yes exactly. <laughs> i think you got a picture of your feet up on that sign behind you and on the nascar track too so um, but no, it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and like I said, I, and I think you pointed out to me, uh, before Ponder, but when I saw the, some of these vehicles, um, last month, cause we were at the same event, um, last month as well. Uh, but there weren't the, uh, uh student EVs at least, but the, the Rivian trucks are not on the market yet. And I'm not sure are the Lucids perhaps not on the market as well. They're not yet. No. Uh, they're both startup companies and because, Unlike Tesla, which is still compared to Ford, GM, you know, Toyota, Honda, smaller, but Mm -hmm. still large, Mm -hmm. those ones are very small. So they're still getting the production 100% ready, and there's no dealer network yet, and a whole bunch of everything that's, they're trying to get all the kinks put out with a brand new car company. Well, you know, remember Tesla started year, I'm sorry, 
Sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. Go, go ahead. You, you, I just wanted no, to show why we're talking about Rivian. Yeah. If you're thinking about this, of course they're not yet. I'm sure it's going to be a little bit pricey. It's a new car company, just like Tesla, yeah. you know, uh, several years ago, and they're getting cheaper. But, but here's the hidden feature that I think nobody's thinking about for these Rivian. You can, you can hide your college student inside under the seat. Uh, <laughs> there's this compartment pass-through thing, and then apparently, and we saw this mm-hmm. kid uh, coming out of it, just dragging out of it, and then we're talking to the Rivian rep, and like they've been doing this all day <laughs> like like all of them are just coming in and crawling through it all day it's like it's like a a a a a, 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 a young adult jungle gym of sorts so <laughs> which also you should have seen when we were on the caterpillar grounds a few years ago too and they just left one machine up there for everybody to climb on uh so <laughs> yep yep because uh you know um, yeah, put a person-sized hole out in the middle of the field with about a thousand college students. Somebody's going to try to climb through it. Uh, it's just yeah. inevitable at this point. That's just 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 math. So, uh, uh, David, I, 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 I honest, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, sorry, sorry. I realize we well, have two Davids here. Um, no, no, no problem. No, I was saying about Tesla. Remember, they started off with the ultra super super expensive Tesla Roadster. Yeah, and they got their money off of that. And then they went down into the more affordable car. I don't want to call it a car, but it's forty to fifty thousand dollars affordable. That's not affordable. <laughs> it's getting me. closer. But it's it's it, getting closer. It's getting close. Well, well, the thing is, and this is something I saw on the news: the average, um, pr- the average monthly payment for a car, and this is car, truck, SUV, is eight hundred dollars a month. Jeez. Which, which which is around how much I'm paying in a mortgage I right am, now. I am curious because I don't think I've paid more than four fifty <laughs> for a car a month, and and I feel like yeah. like yeah, this is a discussion I was partially happening with somebody. I was say where it was like I was like you know I don't know too many people that are buying new cars, right? I feel like everybody in my world is like a used something or other, right? Like we usually get like at least a two year old car whenever we do upgrade. Mm-hmm. And um, and that makes most sense. Yeah. yeah. So and I feel like the majority of people are doing that kind of thing or or, or whatever uh, versus I, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking like a lot more people don't own a car than I'm thinking um, with with cities and everything like that. But um, very interesting. So, uh, uh, David, we're throwing a lot of tech at you. I wonder if you had any thoughts before we move on on some of the stuff we've been covering. Still with Which us. David? Me, David? Yes, I'm sorry, Carpenter. Pa- I'll call oh, him. Okay, pa- sorry, I mean, like, I'm going to call him. Pa- I'm going to call him Potter. It's okay. Last names. You're the new guy, so you're first name basis. <laughs> no, I. You know, it's. It, I thought the Tesla thing at the NASCAR track was really interesting because I saw some. I saw some news about it, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they're doing that. They're doing that kind of like shock and awe strategy when they're when they're showing up at places with you know with all their products, right? Because they're not. They're not just a car company anymore. Yeah. And, you know, there was a, it's funny just because like there was, I saw this TikTok, I follow TikTok. I don't, you know, it's just so addictive. Right. And I, someone who came through my, my feed was like, he lived in a tiny house on a plot of land somewhere and he was a DoorDash driver. And he's like, I pay $2 a month for, for my electricity in my car. He's like, I'm not paying these $5 gas prices. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh gosh, that's so. That was just so interesting. Is like, like taking that, taking that the DoorDash or or whatever. It might not have been DoorDash, but you know the delivery service 
And being an electric car and actually making it work financially now, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a, that's an interesting changer in this in this marketplace. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I don't know a, I don't know a ton about I don't know a ton about cars, but man, where I live, I see te- like I see Teslas everywhere. Yeah, like they're yeah. just everywhere. They're they're all over the place. And I'm on that same boat of being like, who's affording this? But everyone <laughs> seems to have one. I did get picked up in a lift one time on a Tesla downtown Pittsburgh. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's weird. Like you're like, is the car on? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's, oh, it's, he, it's a weird experience. You, but. Can, you can tell you what he was in left just to show off the car to people, you know, because he's yeah. like, let me show you what we can do going up the ramp up to the, you know, the short ramp up to the bridge here. Uh, I was like, oh boy, you you are not here to make money, are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I mean, like, look, I mean, I paid seventy bucks to because I got a I got a Hyundai. I paid seventy bucks to to fill up my my. SUV the other day and, mm-hmm. and it's like it's interesting it's an interesting kind of economic situation and being like gosh if you if you have a Tesla are you or an electric car are you starting to come out ahead in the, at this particular moment in time yeah I'd be curious but the, but again the overhead uh, the upfront's usually pretty tough too so yeah I don't, you, you got to do the math on that and I don't think a lot of people are able to uh so but always fun this is the end of the travel season we actually have one more event we're going to be going to uh, Baja and Tucson in at the end of September when you know it cools off and we won't mind being in the desert for a minute uh so uh but no looking for that it was it was a pretty cool uh year of uh sae uh checking things out and uh and ponder we're gonna have to drag you along to one of these too because i know you are you are engulfed (laughs) on all of it but i don't think you've been to one of these track events so i well i will let you know years ago we're Mm. talking 2009 Mm mm-hmm I went to uh, Formula, Michigan. Oh, so you're you know this one? So, yeah, yeah, that one I I, I do remember because we had a sh- we had a store set up mm-hmm. with books and various other things for the students to go in and purchase, and the advisors and I ran the store for that. So yeah, that was fun. That was fun dealing with the students you and were, the you, you know were, you the, were the, like the, the scholastic the you were like the scholastic book fair that always showed up to my elementary school. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But a lot more expensive, yes. No, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, they're like yeah, they're like design. Like this is uh, when they yeah. describe it, you know. And I always say that they always say this to me, so I always say it to describe how important formula is. And apparently, Elon Musk. Uh, uh, I don't think we've heard of him here. Um, apparently, uh, when somebody asks him how do you get uh, hired at SpaceX, he says uh, win the Formula SAE competition. Was a, was one of his quotes one time, and they of course have hung on to that. Um, and of course, like say oh, Tesla, yeah. SpaceX was there, Blue Origin, like the companies were mm-hmm. crazy. We learned about new companies. Um, you know, Katie, I think we, we you were with me when we were talking about the one that was like we're redesigning in, uh, uh, semi trucks, right? Because <laughs> they just need to be updated because there's old fleets and stuff. You know, not necessarily like EV stuff, but like just you know the comforts and the you know uh, uh, you know keep you know. You know, much like how the cars and the Escalades have like the eye tracking and all that stuff. There's just like just make it easier on the driver um, kind of things going on um, and, and fuel efficiency and things like that to improve. So um, some really cool stuff there. And uh, so, hey, we're going to we're going to talk to Dave. Other new Dave. We have new Dave with us. Other David. Other David. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um and we're going to talk to you about uh about your thing in just a moment but one uh, i want to give a shout out to our friends at slice on broadway new york city style yins are made four or five locations i don't know uh <laughs> no they do have a new location apparently in Southside works i believe 
That sounds like it might be a pop-up temporarily. Maybe it'll become permanent. Let's see. Go support them down there. Uh, Beachview, Carnegie, East End, and the North Hills. Right up right, right up the street here. Our friends are feeding the guests whenever we do have guests. Like Chilla popped in last, last week and got to get uh, a little bit of slice. And his tacos, because it's Beachview, and that's the taste of our neighborhood. Uh, we do have a taco stand directly across the street here. All of this smells when I walk out my door. It's fantastic. Um, but uh, go check them out. Slice on Broadway. Thank you them for supporting the show for well over a decade uh, and feeding another guest here and on the wrestling show later. We're going to have a little bit of a birthday party on the Wrestling Mayhem show earlier this, later this evening. Uh, so uh, uh, not, not for the show, but for uh, our guest. Um, but anyways, David Carpenter with oh, Sorg. Yes. Sorg, I was going to say, don't forget, when you go to Slice, oh, no. be very nice when you don't kick in the door. <laughs> very nicely, gently open the door. That's right. That's right. Very nicely. We had somebody on the wrestling show that says, you get in there, you kick the door down and say, give me some slice on Broadway. We'll say, no, that's not nice. You cannot do that. <laughs> this is the problem when you try to promote something around professional wrestlers and fans of professional wrestling. Uh, so... <laughs> David Carpenter, you got some really cool stuff going on here at Gameotics. Again, uh, we, we kind of talked about it here at the uh, briefly uh, at the top of the show, but I really want to kind of dig into this. Uh, you know, you're talking about your, your it, it, it's 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 a new interactive live experience here. Um, one, a, a good thing those are coming back. Uh, so and and, 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 and they come back with a vengeance, too, in my experience, being a live production person uh so um so so tell me a little bit about how this came to be and, and let's get into the details of this yeah sure so um so i worked in i worked in live entertainment uh for about 22 years now um uh, i'm new york based uh and uh i worked in broadway and off broadway for um the majority the bulk of my career um i was a um uh, i produced on broadway uh, uh, and uh, one of the show, the uh, one of the other shows I produced, um, which I have to uh, do a plug, so apologize. I apologize in advance, but um, the other show that I produced in New York that I ran for three years was this show called Puffs, and Puffs is currently being done at the Pittsburgh CLO at their Greer Theater, and it's a hysterical show. It's a parody of the uh, Potter universe, um, and it was nice. a big hit in New York, um, and then now it's being done all over the place, and, and it's it's currently in your hometown. I highly encourage it. It's actually a really fun funny show um so while i was doing all this i was trying to figure out this um this uh this idea that i had which was how you bring a branching narrative style experience right like a like what you would consider or call like a choose your own adventure style experience um to the live stage and what i realized this is going back to like 2016 is that there wasn't a simple mechanism that allowed the audience in a, in a live event or in a theater or something like that to be able to collectively be able to make a choice. And that's actually where Gameotics, the idea for Gameotics was originally born. Because um, I was of, of the mindset of like, well, gosh, everyone's walking into their phones. I'm sorry, walking into the theater or walking into the space with their phones already in their pocket. Why can't we use that as a tool to be able to do this type of engagement that I'm thinking of so that people can have agency and they can have control in the experience they're watching and also make decisions and, and, and make choices that change the experience that they're watching in real time, right? So I, I this was always a side project for me um, going back. Um, and But I collaborated with this uh, software engineer uh, by the name of Dave Keen. And we kind of sat down and said, all right, how do we want to build this thing? What does it want to do? And, and of course, the original idea was like, oh, well, let's just make an app because this is back then and every, you know, it was app, 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 right? And I was like, no, you can't, 
it's not really like as an audience member, someone who goes to live events, like if I'm walking into the, to the thing and I'm late and, and I don't know what I'm seeing and my friends are dragging me or something like that. And, and someone stops me and says, Oh, you have to download the app in order to have the experience. It's like, well, I'm kind of like, I'm lost as a consumer. And one of the things that technology is supposed to do in success is make things simpler and make things easier. So I really wanted to find a way to make it really easy for an audience to walk into a space. And so, you know, we, we went back and forth and what we decided was that KBIX needed to be um, a web-based um, a piece of software, meaning that it's just using like the browser on your phone in order to have the control uh, or, or in order to do that. And so that's where we started. And so I spent uh, about four years going down a lot of blind alleys. Um, and one of the, one of the things that, that I was after is not making it a gimmick, but making it a tool for the experience. And I think a lot of times when you, when you see technology being used in a lot of spaces, especially in entertainment, like a, a lot of it is very gimmicky and it's not actually contributing in a meaningful way to the storytelling, the experience It's just kind of like to be this kind of wow factor. I was like, that isn't what I want this to be. So anyway, so I, you know, Puffs turned out to be a really big success. And then I produced a show on Broadway called Slava Snow Show which did really well. It's this beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and as I was kind of wrapping up on Broadway, I was a, a little disenchanted with the industry at that point. And this is of course like pre-pandemic. I mean, during the pandemic, like all the demons came out of the closet for the Broadway industry. But I was a, I was a little disenchanted and I, and I said, I was like, look, I really love this idea of introducing technology into the theatrical and the live event marketplace in a way that no one's really thinking of before. I'm gonna pursue that. And so I started pursuing that. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and everything just went up in smoke in mid-March. Um, and what I did is I started a production company um, uh, that, was, that was effectively Zoom theater, right? And we <laughs> called this thing called Seize the Show. And basically, me and a group of friends, actors and writers got together and started just pumping out content every month and every few weeks that was like hour-long shows that were developed that used gameotics so that people, no matter where they were in the world, and we had, uh, you know, we're going to reach a point where we had audiences in the UK all the way to Australia, all joining our Zoom at the same time and using the tech to be able to interact with the show and make decisions and take action in order to further sing along. And people loved it and they're having a great time. I didn't particularly love producing Zoom theater. Um, <laughs> I was very grateful when I was able to, to put an end to it about a little over a year ago. Um, just because it, you know, the challenges and you lose that kind of connection with the audience, then there is a place for it one day. It's just like, it was kind of coming to an end, but, um, kind of a couple of things happened, um, earlier, earlier this year, or I'm sorry, or, or, or earlier last year, which is, I realized the software in Gameotics, we're going to talk about has a lot of application for it in terms, because effectively what it is, is the two-way communication device between audience and content that lets you talk to your audience member and allow them to have agency, allow them to have choice in the experience they're watching, right? And, and kind of the other thing is that one of the projects that we had worked on inside of Seize the Show was this D&D &D style experience where we, where we created this, this show, like, because it is a show, right? And it's now called 20, it's called 20 Side Tavern, where we allowed the audience to kind of get in the action of what a D&D &D game is. So if you think about you know, a D&D &D game where it's you and, you know, five friends sitting around a table 
kind of one of the main pillars about it is that you're all creating this story together. You're all bringing something to the table in terms of your character and the game master, the dungeon master is bringing their, their story and the narrative and the control. And, and you're all really bringing and creating. And that's what's kind of beautiful and special about it. And so we kind of sat down and said, all right, if we're, if we're able, and a lot of people have tried to crack the nut about delivering this, uh, delivering a live stage experience or a live experience like this, right? And I thought, well, if we use gameiotics, we can bring the audience to the table as a creator in this world that we're building. And that's actually where, and it was, you know, again, you know, I, I have two partners in this, in this venture. Um, and, and I said, look, I think this, I think using gameiotics in order to deliver this could provide something that nobody else is being able to provide. And so we, and so we did, we started collaborating and we worked on it all summer. Um, and we did a premiere at, at the Philly Fringe Festival for a couple of performances. And it was just like folding tables and a box of props. I'm like, you cannot <laughs> imagine a, a lower rent production that we put together for a couple of performances. But people in Philly just came out for it. And then they had the time of their lives. And so what we realized um, then was that there is a really hungry audience in this live entertainment arena who's being underserved by content, right? And that and that part of the secret sauce is that we allowed the audience to play the show and have stakes and have engagement with it. And the thing that we've developed is this really complex, but kind of like fun, funny roller, roller coaster of, a, of an experience where you know everybody's getting to play along, everyone's contributing, everybody's got stakes. The actors are hysterical and funny because they've got these really cool jobs they have to do during the show in order to bring the thing to life. And, um, and it's never the same show twice, right? Because that's the nature of, of this thing that we built is that there are so many different variables and there's so many different pathways and so many different things that can happen that it's literally impossible to ever do the show same twice. So it's like, you know, hundreds of thousands of iterations of what I can do. You could have very similar shows, of course, right? Mm -hmm. But we just found it's like combining this love of video and board games, which we all have within my team, um, with this kind of live event experience into this environment that's like could be plopped down in the middle of a Comic-Con and everybody would have a, like a really great time. And so it's like, you know, for us, like this appeal into um, this, this arena of, of people who love everything from Marvel to Star Wars, to comic books, to, you know, what board games and all these things. It's like, we've created this community in this world that is allowing us to like play a game with them with like, you know, every night and create something special. And so, it's fun. It's the most fun I've probably had in 22 years with this with the show because it's serving all of my passions. But it's also it's just really funny. So we're um so we did a month in Pittsburgh, right? We were at the Pittsburgh CLO for the month of April. We did 17 performances, um, and it was astonishing, right? Like it was it was astonishing, and like the community that came out in Pittsburgh was amazing. I mean, everybody wants us to come back, but it's going to be a minute because they're rehabbing the theater. Um, but it um it was really validating for us to be able to gather a group of people together who wouldn't normally show up in a theatrical space. That was our community to sit down and have fun. And people came back and back and people dressing in costume. And <laughs> it was just a, it was a wild time. We had a really time. So the next thing that we're doing is we're at the uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival this August for the entire month. And we're going to be running a version of the show there. So that's what, I, so that's what I'm doing. So it's like gameotics in terms of like being this tool for this experience. And then 
like I always describe people as like I built a Nintendo, right? I built a platform <laughs> and then it's like, oh gosh, what do I do with this platform? Well, I got to go build a Super Mario Brothers to go in it. And so that's what I'm doing right now. So this is, this is the, in looking at, looking at your app and everything, and we're showing some video in here and everything too. And, and hopefully this helps people kind of wrap their head around it too. If you've ever played, uh, you don't know Jack over like Twitch, yeah. right? And you know, there's always a code and you go in and there's like a web browser and you play the game that's playing. Like it, it feels like you've done that and applied it to live theater. And that's that's yeah, really I mean, awesome. The, the, the trick with the trick with us is that we are the only software in the marketplace that's actually built for the live entertainment market. Yeah, right? I yeah. mean, like the stuff that Twitch is doing is cool, and and but it's not. But we had to build something that worked in real time, right? That the speed of the technology and what that technology could do needs to happen at the pace of the conversation that we're having right now. Yeah, right. No lag. No that, lag. Yeah, and so that's a tricky thing to try and do, and that's also why I think I mean it took me a, it took a, it took us a few years to figure it out about how to how to make it work how to make it work correctly. But then it's a it's a it's a sophisticated piece of software that that I've been developing uh, you know for the last gosh I don't know six seven years <laughs> six years now um, um, that is just now getting its that, that's just now getting its due. But yeah, I mean it's 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 just it's really built for the live entertainment arena. So like like on the gameotics side. What what we're starting to build internally right now, because I'm in the middle of a big re-architecture of the code. There's a couple of things it needs to do. There's some automation it needs to do. There's stuff like that that needs to happen. But one of the things that we're starting to build is experiences that we can plop down in any type of environment. So we're actually building a museum experience right now because mm. the idea of being able to, instead of go on an audio guided tour, right? And this is a passion of mine, right? Just like in terms of like the things that I like to see in the world, instead of going on like an audio guided tour, we're on a linear journey and you're being fed the information, right? Throughout the experience, we thought, well, what if we take Gameotics? Cause it can deliver audio files, it can deliver video files, it can deliver web files, it can deliver all sorts of things, you know, um, based on the responses that you're making within the software. They said, what if we, build an adventure where you start making choices going through a museum and it takes you on an adventure based on your choices. It takes you places that are unexpected. It takes you to places that you learn and you learn something that you wouldn't necessarily have learned before, but because you have agency, it becomes more meaningful because it's about the choices that you've been making through this experience. And so we're actually literally on Friday, I am, I'm going to see our first like prototype of that. Um, We're doing it at a, very famous museum that may or may not be in New York, um, kind of under the cover of darkness, uh, but why not, right? Um, but it's just something that that the concept of dynamic storytelling, right, that we all see in video games, this concept of like that I'm really interested in bringing into the live space because I feel like why why Netflix can't be the only one who can do it on on demand, you know, television. And, and, you know, video games like own this dynamic storytelling space. I'm like, why can't we do it live? Like there's a massive audience for it out there of people who love it. So yeah, so it's that type of stuff that we're starting to, that we're starting to build out right now. Absolutely. Um, Katie, I know you have a background in this kind of like live entertainment, of course, with the haunted house. And we talk about a lot of things as we've been, you know, Dollywood and everything in between over the last several months. Right. Uh, I wonder if you have any thoughts about what we've been going over here. Oh, absolutely. And there's like, I'm sitting here thinking of all the applications within a haunted house. Or yeah, there she goes. These adventures. You, can, you can see him turning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 so see, we did an online escape room as he's a show. Like we loved it. We had a great time. It was called Rubik's control. It was on a spaceship. It was because you can do it a spaceship when you're doing things on zoom. Right. Mm-hmm. And the fun yeah. thing about the escape room market is that it's very anti cell phone. Right. They don't <laughs> want you to. Have, and I'm just like, 
well, what if we put the cell phone into it? <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. what if you make it part of the experience? It'll be interesting. So we've had some conversations, but it's a, but it's a, but it's a, it's a tricky market. But if you introduce that kind of technology, that I mean, the thing about the technology is that it's just software. You can change the puzzles and the codes every day if you wanted to, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, one of the challenges in escape room or that type of amusement is that they tend to be one and done. Like once you've done it, why go back? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if you if you're utilizing software in this and you're utilizing that, you know, you know, especially in the way that I'm doing in terms of it's coming in with you on the phone, what if you're able to change the puzzles and the message and the experiences so that you move away from the one and done model into something that can be just re- constant repeat business? Because that's what happened to us on 20 Sided Tavern. Like people just kept coming back over and over again and they never saw the same show twice, right? And especially the applications within the queue lines. Yeah. I think it's huge because that's something uh, I know in the haunted attraction world, you struggle with the queue lines. Like I have hours of lines, but people are just bored to tears and then they get into the experience and they're already kind of eh, about everything. Like being able to, um, you know, you should, you know, gamify that and find things that kind of give them a customized experience. Like maybe you have a specific monster that comes out because people wanted this, you know, I want to see a clown or I want to see a, t- you know what I mean? Like, I think there's a lot of applications within that world too, even in like sword mentioned Dollywood even within the um, big uh, amusement parks, there are well, queue lines. So it's, so it's doing two things, right? Is that it's gamifying the conversation with your audience wherever they are, right? And you know, in the conversations that I've had in, in the amusement park world, that is their big concern. Like how do we deliver real time, like instant changeable communication to a consumer? And unfortunately the app, the park apps, right? Can't really do that. They're not really built that because they're not that specific. But you're, if you are QR coded in at a specific ride, right? Then you're able, you can deliver communication saying, hey, this ride's short over here, or hey, let's, pl- let's have a conversation. Let's play a game with each other right now, right? In order to do it. And so like one of the inspirations for the, for the software was actually the wand at Universal at, at, at Harry Potter World, right? Because <laughs> I think that wand, that wand obviously was a brilliant tactic on their part or to sell merch, right? But it was a brilliant tactic on their part to say, let's bury an RFID chip inside this wand and then they can use it to go do things in the parks. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. But it's only a one-way conversation. You know, like you buy it, you spend your 80 bucks or whatever it is now, right? You wave it at the thing, the thing happens and that's the end of the conversation. And so what I thought is like, gosh, if you put this on the phone and you wave and you, and you, and you, and you interact, right? Several things could happen, but it also lead you different places, right? You can go on a different type of adventure because then that communication that you're having back with the consumer, like it's not, it's not about tracking, but like once you get on a track, you can lead them down a path, right? Because the other thing too is like, because it's not an app, I'm not tracking anyone's info or data. I don't, that isn't the point of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can always ask and say, hey, do you want to sign up for our mailing list? Like enter it in here. Great. And you've collected something. But like, I think we've all gotten a little like, big brothered out right now with apps, right? And so um, I really didn't want to design an app. <laughs> so that's part of it too. It's, and it's also, it's meant to be disposable, right? And I think that's a that's another thing that we really, I really love about the technology is that is that I'd love to go to an event and not download an app and have something that's useful and communicative. And then <laughs> it's not on my phone when I leave because I've, I've got so many zombie apps on my phone right now, yep. it's insane. Yep, I have um, the still a Dollywood one sending me some notifications from last month, and uh... <laughs> and like, how is that an effective tool for marketing and communications? Right, mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, like it's it, it's like it's good when you're in the park and in the environment, 
but like there i think there i think there is kind of a point where it's like i don't i don't need this and i don't need this notifications mm-hmm. and now i'm annoyed uh right the WWE just did that recently i went to wrestlemania this year and of course there's so many events happening and there was even like a ghost kitchen that you could buy you could get these uh smackadillas the smackadillas from uh and, and everything but then like the week later it just like it's just gonna give you all that wwe you know uh, uh, you know, whatever for the rest of the season. Hey, buy tickets to the next event coming Pittsburgh or something, right? And like, yeah, no, absolutely. But I, great for the time, but then it's so permanent, and and everybody forgets about it. Now you're just like, well, who's tracking me? Why is Dollywood still tracking me as I'm driving through Michigan? You know, right? <laughs> so, right. Because Dolly needs to know. Dolly knows all already. Let's be, let's be, let's be true. Let's be honest about this. <laughs> Dolly knows that probably more about Katie than anybody else. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think that there. I think. I mean, look. I mean, the thing is, is like, I think that there is a. Um, I think that there's a market for this kind of disposable web-based technology. I think we're starting to see a lot of people starting to explore this right now. Well, the thing that I'm really after is the gamification of engagement. Right. I'm re- I like being a huge video gamer and board gamer. Look, I, I love I love this idea of being entertained, like like standing in line, right, mm-hmm. and finding a right. But the the way that I built it is that is to make it easy for everybody to use, right. Yeah. So one of the yeah. things that one of the things that we're that we're that we've done is um, there is a they haven't signed their license agreement. They said they won't sign until after July first because it's that's the start of their fiscal year. But there's a university out there that has signed up to use it as closed captioning software for all their theater performances, right? And I was like, and they came to us. It's someone that I went to, it's a guy that I went to college with. And they came to us because I've been talking to them about the technology. And they said, you know, it just occurred to us that you could bring closed captioning to every seat and deliver it during the course of a show. And it has to be a scripted show. You have to enter the text in advance. And we don't have to buy a ton of equipment to do it, right? And no one, and our consumers don't have to buy anything. And we don't, you know, there doesn't have to be just one ASL performance that we have to advertise. We can say, hey, every performance is now accessible. And there's other like closed captioning stuff in the market, but not quite like this and also just not easy to use. And so this is a new revelation for us. I mean, that's the like the joy of being, you know, at, at a tech startup is like someone knocks on your door one day and says, hey, have you thought about using it this way? And you're like, no. And they're like, can it? And I'm like, I don't know. Let's find out. And we and we wrote some new code and we put it in and we did a demo for them and then they signed up on the spot. They're like, this is exactly what we've been looking for. And so it's just like that. And then it was like, gosh, what a powerful idea to be able to make the live space even more accessible. Now it's not speech to text, right? It has to be a text-based thing, but but it's just easy for everybody to use. And I think that's the, that's the point. I mean, they're eventually, they'll get into speech attack. I'm certainly interested in doing language translation and opening up, you know, live event spaces to be way more multilingual, to be able to create a larger community that isn't necessarily always English-based, um, English-speaking based, especially within this country, but also other countries that, that you're able to provide a level of accessibility to different types of audiences. Um, and that's, you know, but like, it's, it's just, it was a weird conversation to be like, yeah, sure, we can do this. And they're like, sign us up for everything. And so we're <laughs> piling with them next year um, to see if it's traction that we're able to develop and get. But it's like it's already functional and working right now. That's fantastic. A very, very cool. Well, you, you mentioned a couple of places that you're going to be uh, physically, but wh- where can people follow to make sure to see when you're coming to their town or whatever uh, uh, they can get involved with even remotely? 
Absolutely. So right now, um, uh, so the20sidedtavern.com is our website. All of our news and announcements are up there right now. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. So the we are doing a week in New York, uh, the week of July 18th um, yes. at the Daryl Roth 2 Theater. It's our pregame, right? Literally calling it our pregame, which is our test run of our Edinburgh show um, uh, that we're doing for our New York audiences. I mean, like, we're already sold 20% of our tickets and we're five weeks out. I mean, like, like it's a, it's a little insane. Like we've got this fan base in New York and this is a smaller theater than we were in last time in New York. And so like, this thing's going to sell out, no question. Um, so you can come check us out what we're planning on doing in Edinburgh. It's a real low rent version of the production because Edinburgh is, you have four hour, you know, you have a four hour tech time and then 10 minutes to get up and tear down after every show. Oh. So you have to design it very efficiently, but it's fringe. Like it's, it, it's what it's meant to be. Um, and then, um, and then we go to Edinburgh for the entire month of August. We'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Uh, it's really cool. We've got a 4.30, um, afternoon slot, um, at Pleasant at their kingdom, which is an amazing location. Like there, we have a great relationship with them. We're really thrilled that they're behind us on this. And then we will most likely be having a, a significant, um, uh, three month production happening this fall in a major market that everybody has heard about. I just, still running through the numbers and, and and negotiating right now so i can't quite announce it yet but but they will do a big, big premiere production this fall and then most likely at the end of q1 in 2323 we'll have a second temple production out there um in another really major market that we've all heard about so like we're still <laughs> new and we're still launching and gameotics is going to be launching a new version of the software in september um but it's really exciting because like we did this we did this show in Pittsburgh and it looked like a Comic-Con with everybody dressed up That's and great. excited and having a time. And we sold out several shows oh, and man. it was great. If we, we wish we'd been there longer, but you know, we got booted I'm, out of the theater for something else. I'm so sorry. I missed it too. I haven't been in the loop on the entertainment here since I've been doing travel <laughs> everywhere else. Uh, but I, hopefully you guys come back and we get a chance. I just followed, I think all of your social media here and <laughs> so I don't miss it. We got it. a discord. We got a discord going. Yes. Love it. Like that's where we're engaging with fans. Um, we got, we just launched a podcast just to kind of like talk about the stuff we're doing and something mm -hmm. it's really it's really D, D style heavy um uh, uh so we're doing but you know the thing that the thing about the show is that you don't have to know anything about D, &D to come and have a great time at the show right That's it's awesome. totally accessible we make it easy for everybody um and it's kind of our own version of what we think the experience would be so it's it's super super fun i love it at least two of our wrestling uh, D, D friends have hopped in the chat room to check this out gotcha. uh during this so i'm hoping they uh follow you along as well uh, over at Top Row Tabletop. Uh, so uh, thank you so much, Dave, for coming on and talking to us about your project. I, I did, This is really, very, very cool, and, and I'm hoping we get so a chance much. to experience it very soon. I don't know. Maybe I'll just have to uh, catch a trip come up to New to, York. Uh, it's to fun. New York. I said it to my friend up in New York, actually, that I do the wrestling show with uh, tonight with. Uh, so uh, yeah. well, maybe, uh, maybe I'll have to hop on a, a mega bus and head up there. So... <laughs> <laughs> thank you so well, much let me know I'd love to have you I'll, I'll, I'll get you a ticket absolutely absolutely um katie thank you so much i i knew i knew this is something that you'd you'd uh, get into absolutely so cool you can hop on the mega bus with me yay <laughs> you know i'm in <laughs> well i gotta find a gig in new york around that time right and uh they would just make it all work together um so if anybody needs to stream an mma show or a wrestling show in new york next month let me know um, anyways, uh, is Shilla still here? Have we passed uh, pumpkin time yeah. for him? Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Uh, follow at Shilla on the Twitters. Uh, K Dutters on the Twitters as well. Uh, and, and there's a lot of fun stuff from, uh, from your adventures the last uh, couple weeks, of course, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and whatever you're getting into <laughs> lately. Uh, Dave Ponner, iPhoneography Podcast. Prof Pod on the social mm -hmm. medias. 
profits on everything except for um, uh, TikTok, which someone already took it. Either that or I took it and I forgot about it. So it's Prof Prod PGH. Are you using your iPhone or something? I noticed you got a little camo uh, logo in the, yeah, in the corner. Yeah, I, well, I've been having issues with the microphone, hooking mm. up the microphone when I was doing the podcast. It, I'm getting horrible feedback. Oof. It works fine on my work computer. Yeah. So I tried using camo for the camera. Also, I know it's better than the built-in web app. So I was hoping it'd be a little bit better. <laughs> not too bad. Not too bad. Mm. I, I, was, those, yeah. I, was, I was I was trying not to microphone shave you because I heard a little bit more room, but it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. Not yeah. terrible. Um, I've heard more professional podcasts sound worse. Uh, so <laughs> um, thank you so much. Plug Chilla. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Carpenter, David Carpenter of Gameotics. Check that out. Check out the 20 sided tavern coming to your town. I at least follow the podcast. I think I'm going to do the same here as well. Uh, so, and of course, I'm at Sorgatron on the Twitter. You can check out everything I am or just me walking my dog today. I don't know. Uh, it's got, listen, it, I've been on the road for two months and now it's just going to get boring in Pittsburgh. Okay. So, because I need to reacclimate before I get on the road again. So, thank you everybody for joining us. This has been, uh, this has been the Awesome Pass. You have been our awesome audience. Have an awesome week. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.